Kelly Show. Let's have some fun, and it's going to be a rowdy one, to put it mildly. Oh, yeah, we have racism talk tonight. Why does China and the American media, why does their rhetoric mirror each other? I'll talk about that tonight. Why do we have yet another massive ransomware attack on critical parts of our infrastructure? And why is it Joe Biden's fault specifically? Talk about that. Am I a monster? Personally? Maybe. I'm going to get to that in about an hour from now. My dog is very sick. My dog isn't even in our home at the moment. My dog might die. I sent a text message to the wife earlier attempting to be a good person. She was horrified by the text message and responded to me, no joke, saying, do you even have a soul? I have parts of me missing. I'm going to tell you the whole story in just a little bit. But first, there is so much I could unpack tonight But I have to start here, and I realize it may not be the top story of the day, but we do have a crisis going on in this country, and it's time to address it. This is from Vice.com, which I would not recommend you read, but the headline is this. Quote, so, so angry. Reporters who survived the Capitol riot are still struggling. It goes on to describe how they have PTSD. They can't go back to work. I was shocked at at what they just did. I was shocked at what happened. The next day I was angry. I'm still not sleeping like I used to. On and on and on it goes. Now, there are a couple different ways I can approach this. Allow me to approach this with the first and most obvious one. Um, Still struggling? The reporters who survived are still struggling? No reporter was harmed. I don't think anybody even was breathed on as far as the reporters go. That's one. Two. With the exception of teachers and professors, there is nobody who has done more to destroy and dismantle the greatest country in the world than reporters. Nobody. I understand I'm a monster. We will get to that again in about an hour. But when I hear reporters are scared and can't sleep, I think to myself, that's a good start. I hope you never go back to work. Go do something more useful. Stand in the middle of a field and pick grass one blade at a time. It'll be more beneficial to our society than the communist lies you people tell on a daily basis and present them as news. Now, all that aside, let's do something we do often on this show and take a step back. Let's take a 30,000-foot view macro-level assessment of what exactly this article says. There are a couple things going on here, and we need to address it. We have a crisis in America. It is a manhood-slash-toughness crisis. 
I have no idea when this began. It clearly began sometime before I was born. I think uh, maybe it's more recent. It's certainly ramped up a lot recently. That much I know. What manhood crisis? Well, people whine publicly all the time now. All the time now. Have you been on social media? If you're not, I wouldn't recommend it. But let's say you're on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or anything like that. It is a never-ending list of people whining about things that have happened to them. And this is what I've gone through. And I just feel so depressed today. And I miss this person. And I have a little cold. I'll be okay, though. And ah, the line at Starbucks is so bad. Endless, on and on and on, whining. Now, we all have a moment where we complain, don't we? All of us, all of us, myself, we all have a moment where we complain. My problem is the American crisis we have, you know what it is? People think it's somehow an achievement to whine now. They somehow think that's like a goal you want. I want to be traumatized and depressed and I I haven't slept. Write an article about me. Look at look at how depressed I am. Somebody uh, I'm still scared from the Capitol riot. Could you could you write an article about me and tell everyone how scared I am? Since when did that become something we celebrate in this country? Here's how hysterical and emotionally unstable I am. Please talk about me. And look, maybe it's because, maybe this is because I'm a bad person. Maybe it's because of my dad, who's a uh, <clears throat> hard individual, to put it mildly. But uh, when I read articles like this, and maybe we all do this as dudes, maybe women do this too, I don't know. But when I read articles like this, and I'm pulling out clo- quotes like, I'm still not sleeping like I used to, even to this day, after, after two or 300 people wandered in the, the Capitol and then left. You know what I think about? I put myself in the story and I think about what my dad's reaction would be if I called my dad six, seven months later after the most benign, quote, insurrection in the history of mankind. And I told my dad, dad, it's Jesse. I'm still not sleeping. I have PTSD. I can, I can, I can actually picture the look on his face. And the best part is. I can hear the silence that would be on the phone. I can just hear. It would just be just nothing as he seethes on the other end trying to figure out, okay, is Jesse messing with me? He's got to be messing with me, right? Because if he's not messing with me, this blood vessel that's pulsing in my head is getting ready to pop because I raised a soft loser. When did being, when did becoming a soft loser become something we aspire to? If 300 people walked into the Capitol and it was, you know, this loud day, big protest, whatever, and then walked out and nobody harmed you, nobody harmed your friends, uh, nobody was harmed except for one of the protesters who was shot in the neck. If nobody harmed you, nobody harmed your friends, no one laid a finger on you. And six, seventh month, six, seven months later, you're giving statements to Vice about how you're still not sleeping. 
you are pillow soft. Pillow soft. And okay, let, let me be merciful because I don't want people to think I'm a total monster. Some people are soft. That's that's how you were raised or that's just that's who you are. Okay, fine. Maybe mommy and daddy powdered your butt for you your whole life. That's fine. Some people are pillow soft. But here's the thing. You don't have to brag about being pillow soft. You can just actually take some self-assessment and say, oh, man, I'm still not sleeping. I'm really scared. Oh, wow, that's really embarrassing. I I should probably keep that to myself. No wonder America is in a fertility crisis. You know what? People say I'm a misogynist, and obviously that's true. But I, I feel terrible for women. I can't imagine being a young woman out there today trying to find a man you want to marry and make a bunch of babies with, and you're stuck with guys that say, I can't sleep six months after the protesters were right near me. One of them raised his voice. Uh, I still have nightmares about it. I can't imagine being a woman and assessing the male situation in this country and trying to figure out who you want to make babies with. That has to be a nightmare. I just had to get that off my chest. I understand it's not the major mood of the day. We're going to get to Biden. We're going to get to why I'm a monster. We're going to get to being proud to be an American. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. We're about to talk about this ransomware attack. About one hour from now, I'm going to give you the story on what's happening with the dog. Not that I think you care about my dog, but we're going to have to do an audience self-assessment of me. Audience assessment of me. Am I a monster? I don't know what I did wrong. I still don't understand what I said that is wrong. I said something trying to be nice because I thought the dog was dying. The dog might be dying. I guess it wasn't nice at all, and maybe the worst thing you could say, it's it's hard trying to be cultured. It's hard trying to be sensitive. But first, because we have to get to Joe Biden, we have to get to why the Chinese and the American press say the same things about America. But before any of that, Joe Biden. Joe Biden got up today and was asked about the latest ransomware attack. In case you haven't heard, once again, a Russian-based, Russian-based group of hackers attacked our businesses here. Joe Biden was asked about it. This is what he said. latest ransomware attack, can you tell us if you believe that rises to the level of U.S. retaliation? I can tell you a couple things. I received an update from a national security team this morning. It appears to have caused minimal damage to U.S. businesses, but we're still gathering information to the full extent of the attack. And I'm going to have more to say about this in the next several days. We're getting more detail and information. Okay, so the answer is no. He doesn't believe it rises to the level of of retaliation. Do you know what decimation is? You ever heard the word decimation? Don't worry, this is going to be directly applicable to our story here about Joe Biden and America and protecting you, protecting me. Decimation. They got decimated. We were decimated. We know it today. Most people know it today as a sports term is where it's usually used. Ah, the Patriots decimated the Giants, that kind of thing. Well, it actually has a history behind it. 
You see, Rome, the greatest civilization of all time, certainly the longest lasting as far as how long they were most powerful, they had an incredible military. What made their military so incredible wasn't really the men in it, although that certainly helped. It was their iron discipline. They would train and train and train and train. And when you're facing a barbarian horde full of mad men with axes and shields, half the time they were naked, which we don't have to go into the dangers of that for a dude, but oftentimes outnumbered and the Romans would win. They won all the time. They didn't win them all, of course, but they won all the time because of their discipline. What's discipline mean? On the battlefield, heat of battle, I say go left. You, you don't look at me and say why. You don't hesitate. You don't say I would go right. You go left. Everybody, together, at one. Move forward, everyone, together, one. Backward, together, as one. Now, how do you get that discipline? Is it just because everybody wants to? Nobody questions authority? They're all just a bunch of robots? Well, no. How do you get there? Well, Here's how you get there. If they issued an order, left, everybody, now, you wanted to be a special butterfly or your unit didn't necessarily like the order, so you just stayed put or went right, oftentimes you would be the subject of decimation. What is that? And this also applied for when people would run away cowardly and whatnot. They would take a unit, let's just call it 10 men. It'll make it easy for you to grasp, for you to, for you to take in. It'll be your 10 closest friends because they're the 10 people in your unit. You fight and bleed and die beside these men. And then you will essentially draw straws. They called it drawing lots, but you will draw straws. One guy's going to get the short straw. You know what happens to the guy who gets a short straw? His nine buddies beat him to death. That's how you get discipline. Human beings, you and I, we are simply products of what we've been incentivized to do and what we've been disincentivized to do. That's all we are. That's all you are. That's all I am. That's all the guy next to you is, whether that's parenting or culture or music or whatever the case may be, church, whatever the case may be, that's what you are. These things matter. You remember what I told you. What did I tell you? As soon as the colonial pipeline, you remember that colonial pipeline was hacked by the Russian-based ransomware hackers. I'm sorry I'm fired up about this. This stuff makes me so mad. The Russian-based ransomware hackers. It was hacked. And what happened immediately? The leaders of colonial pipeline paid millions of dollars to those hackers. What did the U.S. government do about it? They shrugged their shoulders. I still remember the press conference. Jen Psaki shrugged her shoulders and said, well, I mean, Colonial Pipeline's a private business. It's not our problem. With gas lines and gas prices shooting through the roof. And I came here behind the radio that day, and you know, I don't get mad that often. And I blew a gasket, just like I'm starting to do right now. I said, this is how nations commit suicide. If you want to stop these attacks from happening on your nation." If you want to stop them from happening on your nation, you don't step up to the microphone and say things like this. These hackers based in Russia have disrupted American gas supplies and American meat supplies. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that these ransomware attacks have been rising since President Biden took office? 
Well, first I would say these are private sector entities uh, who have a responsibility to... You don't say things like that. You want to stop a ransomware attack? You have foreign hackers attacking your critical infrastructure, ruining the lives of your citizens? Here's what you do. One, oh, by the way, company, you were hacked? I'm sorry, that's too bad. Improve your computer security. If anyone at your company authorizes a ransom payment to these hackers, you will spend the rest of your life in federal prison. There, that's one. Two... Hey, uh, Delta Force, SEAL Team 6, CIA Black Ops guys, you're getting on a plane. Oh, good. Oh, okay, boss. What am I going to do? You're going to find every one of these hackers and you're going to cut off his head and leave it on a spike in the front lawn. I'm not trying to be harsh. I don't want anybody to be hurt. But what I said then and what I'm saying to you now, when you don't drop the hammer on these people and you pay the ransom, that is a national security issue. Because what they did when Colonial Pipeline paid that ransom and the federal government did nothing about it and Biden with his uh, 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 daughtering old fool routine, it's not about Colonial Pipeline. It's about the future. I came on the radio that day and said we have just invited every single foreign hacker in the globe, in the entire world, to come attack our critical infrastructure. Because what we did, we told them all, just come attack us and we'll pay you. Hey, we'll pay you. Oh, oh, Mr. Hacker, please turn our lights back on. Here's $5 million. It should be Mr. Hacker. Get you and your 10 friends ready because decimation is coming to you. I'm not done. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Chris is playing this dark Metallica music because I'm all fired up and he loves when I get mad. I, I'm i not trying to get mad. You know I don't like to do that. I, I don't like to do that. Sit and yell and scream. I think there's way too much of that out there that makes people feel yucky. But when the President of the United States, the, the entire government, I can't put this only on Biden. I'll get back to Biden on, in a moment and why I think this is his fault. But when the government... When the government won't crack down and send a message to people attacking our critical infrastructure, we're going to get more attacking. And it's not just the government not cracking down on them. These people are getting paid. These people are getting paid. We're making these hackers rich. Colonial Pipeline, without hesitation, whoop, stroked him a check. They asked Jen Psaki about it. They asked Jen Psaki about it. And what did she say? Well, I mean, it's really a private sector issue. Disrupted American gas supplies and American meat supplies. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that these ransomware attacks have been rising since President Biden took office? Well, first, I would say these are private sector entities uh, who have a responsibility to put in place measures to protect their own cybersecurity. As it relates to why criminal actors are taking actions against private sector entities, I don't think I'm the right one to speak to that. So total coincidence. Okay, who is? Very, there are very few things I want the government to do for me. I'm sure you're probably the same way, but protecting me is one of the main things, protecting me from foreign adversaries. That's like one of the only things you're supposed to do. When we have foreign hackers 
going after oil pipelines. We have foreign actors going after our largest meat supplier. Okay, that's food and fuel. That's kind of important for a nation. I want you to do this for me. I want you to picture something for me. I want you to picture any other time in the history of the United States of America. Any other time besides this one. Go back to 1950. Let's just call it 1950. I don't even know who was president then. Truman, right, Chris? Was it Truman? Oh, what am I asking you for? You're an idiot. Anyway. I want you to picture there being a raid on a gigantic oil refinery here in America in 1950. A raid by... Mexico. We'll blame the Mexicans this time in our hypothetical. A group of Mexican Army Special Forces types storm into Texas and raid and blow up and damage an oil refinery. What do you think the American response would have been? What would the American response would have been? I can't guarantee a bomb would have dropped on a Mexican city I guarantee you one thing, people in Mexico would have died. Not because we're bad, evil, enjoy violence or death or anything like that. Because as a nation, you must send a message when you are being attacked. We're getting message after message after message after message from the federal government. It doesn't seem like they're taking it seriously. It doesn't seem like they care at all. I can tell you a couple things. I received an update from a national security team this morning. It appears to have caused minimal damage to U.S. businesses, but we're still gathering information to the full extent of the attack. And I'm going to have All more right, to that, say that's, that's as much of that as I can take, Chris. That's as much as that I can take. All right, I'm going to calm down. I'm going to change the subject so I calm down. I just want to say... It disgusts me. All of these people disgust me. I Look, and here's the thing. Even if we didn't do anything, but what if we didn't send a team of killers over there? At least act like you're gonna. We don't even verbally act like we care. We don't even act like we care. Well, I mean, it's a private company. I mean, take it up with them. Well, from what I heard, these were smaller attacks. I don't know. Repercussions? Well, I don't know. Maybe we'll look into it. I'm going to have ice cream. Who wants some Rocky Road? Jeez. All right. You know know what, Chris? You know what's going to make me feel better? Telling a story about how bad of a person I am. I'm going to get to that very, very shortly. How bad of a person I am. Well, you know what? I take that back. I still think I'm right. I went through the text exchanges again, and I'm going to lay out the entire scenario here in about 20 minutes. I think I'm 100% right. I'm going to leave it up to America to decide. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com is the email address. All your emails go right to Chris. He prints off the emails I read every one of them. I will not respond. I'm just way too busy. I just just don't have time. This is from Daily Caller. 64% of young adults are not proud to be an American. I am actually going to defend them here briefly. I know you're not going to. I know you didn't see that coming because I'm all about the patriotism and patriot and whatnot. Uh, Campus Reform, which is a great organization, great publication. They went out there 
and they found, well, I mean, they did one of those man-on-the-street things. You've seen it. A thousand people do that stuff, right? Go find people on the street and interview them. Here's a brief clip of the interview they did around July 4th with, these are all, by the way, I want you to understand, these are all college age, it looks like, kids, I think. Are you allowed to call them kids? I'm 39. They're all kids now. Play it, Chris. Are you proud to be an American? No. I feel embarrassed to be an American every day. Um, not really in this climate. No, like, I'm a black person. You know, there's, like, oppression that comes with that. Um, not most of the time. I think sometimes it's just a little embarrassing. Uh, no. (laughs) And what is there to be proud about if you're black and being, like, you know, because it's just, like, it's still a lot of stuff that goes on for black people. I think most of the time, no, at least over, like, the past four years. um, It's been tricky to you know, love to be an American. It's easy to listen to that audio and have your blood be boiling like mine just was and talk about how stupid and ignorant these kids are. And and, and look, all that stuff's fine, right? But I want you to understand something. Gratitude is taught. Gratitude is taught. You don't automatically come up with it. Gratitude is something that I'm huge on in my house. We're always talking to our kids about gratitude. Do you know how blessed you are? Do you know uh, do you know what people over here are going through? I'll point out I'll point out bad things that happen to other people to my sons just to say, how blessed are you that didn't happen to you? How blessed are you to live here? How look at you have a pantry full of food. I mean obviously we're not wealthy people. You have a pantry full of food. How blessed are you? Don't ever lose sight of that. Gratitude is taught. If you want the full video of that, it's at jessekellyshow.com, jessekellyshow.com. You'll see we even have a new blog up there. That's where you'll find the video. Chris wrote that blog. I put my name on it after, so I guess you could say I'm a blogger now. (laughs) Watch, Chris. You'll end up writing something really good, and it'll blow up. And I give you my word, I will give you no credit whatsoever. I will stand up there with the straightest face in the world. Well, I mean, you know, I, I put a lot of time into this piece today. And <laughs> All right, back to my story. Don't let me get distracted. 64% of young adults are not proud to be an American. Be mad at them all you want. They learned that. My kids are. My kids are 10 and 12. Why aren't they proud to be an American? Because one, and again, a lot of this, I have so much mercy for people on because things have changed and gotten so bad so fast. One, parents are just used to sending their kids off to government schools for seven, eight hours a day and thinking that those kids are learning in schools the same things they learn. Oh, go go ahead, little Aiden, Jaden, and Braden. Go learn reading, writing, and arithmetic. They're learning to hate America in kindergarten now in this country. Sometimes it's subtle. Sometimes it's overt. They're learning from an early age. So that's one thing I have mercy for parents on. They don't don't realize how bad it got in public schools, how truly poisonous uh, poisonous it got in public schools. And that... That actually leads me into my next point. There's something else I have mercy for parents on, but something we have to change, you and I. You want to know what that is? I'll explain. Hang on. The Jesse Kelly Show. On air and online at jessekellyshow.com.
Golf.com. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. We are going to get to Joe Biden. Uh, oh, gosh, Joe. <laughs> We're going to get back to Joe Biden in a minute. Uh, in a minute. And I'm going to get to my story about me being a monster. And I just had another little monster episode during the break. I just, I don't know why I'm, I don't know why I'm not a better person. Chris brought up Chris Cornell. And Chris Cornell is that absurdly talented musician. He was, it was, I know he's audio slave. He played for all these different bands. And I mean, stupid talented, just stupid talented. And Chris, at some point I said, he killed himself, right? And Chris said, yeah, he did. And I said, yeah, they do that. I wasn't trying to be rude. I certainly wasn't trying to minimize suicide or anything like that. I was simply pointing out that this is something that plagues the music industry. I, I, I don't know all the reasons behind it. I'm not a musician. I, I, I don't know. But I didn't mean anything by it. Apparently, it came off a touch cold. I didn't want to come off a touch cold. It just, it's, you know what? We're, we're moving on. Back to parents. 64% of young adults are not proud to be an American. I am being merciful towards the students because they're taught this. I'm also being merciful towards parents. Don't worry, teachers and professors. You will not be extended the same mercy. I'll get to you in a second. I'm being merciful towards parents because parents, A, they grew up in a different era where you could send little Johnny off to school for seven, eight hours a day, and he wouldn't come home hating his own country. That was the norm. They didn't realize things have changed. These schools are very early on communist training camps now where you go learn how to be a cultural Marxist and you learn that you're a racist and a sexist and a monster and you hate yourself and it's, it's that kind of thing. Now also, I'm merciful with parents for one other reason and this is a big one. Parents are busy. You're a busy person. Whether you, whether you are a, 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 someone with a full-time job Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom. I know we have a bunch of stay-at-home moms that listen. No matter what, you're busy. So parents, because school used to be, if not pro-America, at least not openly anti-America, you're not used to coming home or your child coming home from school and you having to be proactive you know, hey, uh, tell me, son, what did you learn in history today? Oh, it was fine. No, 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 no. I want to know specifically what you learned. I want to know what they said about this, what they say about that. What did you? That's a lot of work because parents are busy. Parents are tired. And, and while I know you love your kids, I love my kids, there are days when you come home and you just want to hear them talk about their toys or something. You don't want to have to come home and actually parent. And I'm not pointing fingers. I, look, I got two myself. Some days, I don't want a parent. I'm just like, boys, let's, let's go for a walk. <laughs> let's go do something together. I don't want to actually do something. But those days are gone now. Because I'm not trying to make it too dark, but this is the reality. Your child, if you don't want your child to turn out like one of the kids in this video, pay attention. I'm going to play you this video and if you're, while you listen to this. If you don't want your child to turn out like this, you and I both, myself included, we've got to be more purposeful with our parenting. Are you proud to be an American? 
No. <laughs> I feel embarrassed to be an American every day. Um, not really in this climate. No, like, I'm a black person. You know, there's, like, oppression that comes with that. Um, not most of the time. I think sometimes it's just a little embarrassing. Uh, no. <laughs> and what is there to be proud about if you're black and being, like, you know? Because it's just, like, it's a, still a lot of stuff that goes on for black people. I think most of the time, no. You want your kids to turn out like that? No, of course you don't. Of course you don't. An ungrateful, spoiled little brat with no appreciation for what they have? No, you don't. Then you have to be more purposeful because your child is going to grow up in a different world than you and I did. When I grew up, and it's not like I'm old, I'm 39. I was born in the 80s, but what was... What was your TV lineup like when you were a kid? I'll tell you, we watched uh, TGIF Fridays. Thank God it's Friday on ABC, I think it was. I may have that wrong. Where we'd go watch Full House and Family Matters. Family shows, teaching right from wrong. Don't steal. Be careful with that girl. Don't do this. Don't do that. Hey, drugs are bad. When you went to the movies, the movies were all about American heroes taking on commie scum. Your TV commercials, they were Budweiser commercials with American flags everywhere. Be like Michael Jordan, Team USA. That was the culture you grew up in, and your school was very similar. Your children don't have that luxury, so we have to be more purposeful so they don't end up this way. I don't turn on... Now, we are far from saints. I'm sure I allow my kids too much time on maybe YouTube here or a video game here. I'm sure I do. Believe me, I'm not pointing fingers. But we don't sit down and watch network television on Friday nights anymore. I don't want my kids to sit down and learn about the latest transgender Nazi Eskimos who hate America. I won't do that. We don't watch sports in my house anymore. And you know how much that hurts me? Because I love sports. I won't do it. Dad, why are they kneeling with the flag? Because they're ungrateful, spoiled brat commie scum. That's why, son. We have to be more purposeful and raise our kids today differently than you and I were raised. And that sucks, right? Because you don't have a parenting playbook. All The only one you have is the one your parents gave you. But we have to. I have to. I know that. All right. Is Jesse Kelly a monster? How bad How bad did I screw up today? Did I screw up at all? I still say no. We're going to go over it next. I'll leave it up to you to decide. Hang on. Mama, let me be. Jesse Kelly show. I told you it was going to be a wild fired up night. Part of me feels bad about getting mad in the first hour because I don't get mad really that much, but not that bad. Why? Because I'm not capable of real human emotion. And we're going to get to this Joe Biden vaccine going door to door thing in just a moment. But I've been waiting for an hour to bring this up to you. Because I need your feedback. And we'll get to your feedback. I got your feedback about the fireworks. I hear you. I hear you. Okay. Uh, The general consensus was, and in case you don't know what I'm talking about, 
Go listen to the podcast of yesterday's show. I accidentally got my neighbor in trouble with the cops because I shot off some fireworks. I owe him beer. I put it in the audience's hands. I said, do I owe this guy? Should I pay the ticket, not pay the ticket? And obviously there were opinions all over the map. The main one I got was buy him a case of beer. I think that's fair. That's fair. So, all right, we'll, we'll settle on some beer. Now, let's address the dog situation. I don't expect you to care about my dog. Nobody cares about your dog either. See, this is already rude. Already, I'm being rude, Chris. I'm trying not to be rude. I decided I'm going to be better. But this is one of those mistakes people make. They love their dog, so they think everybody does. Oh, look at Muffles. Look how cute it is as he jams his nose into you and jumps on you. Isn't that cute? Muffles does that. No, I don't know Muffles, and I don't like him. Get him away from me. Either way, we got a dog some time back. As people well know, I'm not a pet person. I grew up with dogs my whole life. I'm not anti-pet, but I just don't want any, mainly because I don't want any more obligations. I'm busy, and when when I'm not doing work or whatnot, I want the freedom to do whatever I want to do. If we want to pack up and go to a a, a cabin and do some fishing for a night, I want to be able to do that without, oh, what about the dog? So that's that's just it. I never had a desire for the dog. I don't want to clean up poop or anything else. I want to be out on that. But we have two sons. Two sons who wanted a dog. And in my opinion, boys need to have at least one dog growing up. Not a cat, but boys need a dog. My oldest had a pet allergy, has a pet allergy to hair. So we had to find one of those hypoallergenic dogs. We had to go get a golden doodle. I I know, Chris, I'm aware that it was expensive. Okay, believe me. I think we're still making payments for all I know. No, I'm, I'm kidding. But anyway, it's expensive. We go get this golden doodle. The boy, we make the mistake of letting the boys name him. So now I have a golden doodle named Fred. All right. The, 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 don't laugh, Chris. I didn't name the dog. All right. I didn't name the dog. The golden doodle's name is Fred. Fred has been vomiting. Is it, are we allowed to say that on the radio? Fred has been vomiting. What am I even asking for? I say so much offensive stuff. On and off, he's been vomiting. And then today, it got really bad. Before I left to do the show, it was I'm going to spare you the details because I understand some of you are about to eat or did just eat. It's an evening show in some areas. Some areas, it's afternoon drive. We're on an L.A. to New York and everywhere in between. So I realized that. It's coming out both ends, all right? It's bad enough. The wife grabs him, grabs one of my sons, throws him in the car. They take off for the vet. Where the dog still is. Dog's still at the vet. They're holding him. They're going to x-ray him. I I doubt it's much of anything, all right? But I was thinking, because I'm nice, or at least I was trying to be nice, I was thinking to myself, okay, well, what if the dog dies? If the dog dies, I'll be fine. I mean, I'm not going to be thrilled. Yeah, I end up liking the dog too. Okay, but I'll be, I'll be okay. I'll get by. I've, I've, I've dealt with loss. My sons are going to be wrecked. I, I was just thinking about coming home and having my sons bawling their eyes out. Fred's dead. Like I can already see it right now. So, because I had this conversation in my head, I thought to myself, okay, well, what, what am I going to do? Because Fred's young. I don't even think he's a year old. This is a young dog. 
I think to myself, okay, what if Fred kicks the bucket? What if it's something serious? Who knows? What if he kicks the bucket? What am I going to do? I know what I'll do. The boys will be a wreck. They just got their dog. They're great with the dog. I mean, they take care of everything. They, they handle everything, bathing him, picking up after him, feeding. They're wonderful. What I'll do is I'll get a new dog. I'll get him a new puppy to, you know, cover up that, you know, cover up that heartache. I was doing this out of niceness of my heart. I understand that's that was my thinking. So I was in between shows. I'm doing radio and TV today. I've had a long day. And <laughs> I send the wife a text message. I say, go ahead and reach out to the breeder where we got the dog. I sent this out of nowhere. She didn't know what I was thinking. I said, go ahead and reach out to the breeder where we got the dog and let me know when the next batch of dogs is available. And she writes right back and says, okay, why? And I'm reading this to you verbatim. This is nationwide. I'm reading this verbatim. And I said, this is what I said to her. I said, in case that dog dies tonight and we have two heartbroken boys. I'm just, just a precaution. She writes back and says, oh my goodness, are absolutely not. Do you even have a soul? I can't believe you just sent me that text. I'm so upset and worried now. I don't understand what I did wrong. Chris, did I do something wrong? I was trying to help out. What did I do wrong? That was my point. We had to have a backup plan. And I was thinking about I've been agonizing over this for an hour. And I, I finally sent her a text. I said, I still don't understand what I did wrong with the dog thing. And she wrote back, I know you don't. And that's the problem. <laughs> well, I was trying to be a good person. Can, it, can we at least acknowledge that was me trying to be a good person? I was trying to be a good person. It just doesn't work. This is why I've just decided to embrace being a bad person. This is why I choose to make fun of the president of the United States when he says things like this. A special focus on five ways to make gains in getting those of you who are unvaccinated vaccinated. Because here's the deal. We are continuing to wind down the mass vaccination sites that did so much in the spring to rapidly vaccinate those eager to get their first shot and their second shot, for that matter, if they needed a second. Now we need to go to community by community, neighborhood by neighborhood, and oftentimes door to door, literally knocking on doors to get help to the remaining people protected from the virus. Are there still people in America today who aren't aware of the vaccine? Now, I understand I end up traveling a lot for work. You know, I have to go visit an affiliate here. Or there's always a meeting in New York here or whatnot. So I, I bounce around a lot, rural, city, all that stuff. I can't think of a place I've gone in the last six months where I wasn't absolutely waterboarded with signs on where you can get the vaccine. Get the vaccine here, vaccine, free vaccine. I decided to count. I drive about 30 minutes to the studio every day from my house, and I decided to count on the way to work today, just as a little mental experiment for myself, all the times I saw the word vaccine, either on a billboard or a blinking sign. I took a 30-minute drive today. I saw the word vaccine nine times. That's one drive to work. That means 18 times a day I see the word vaccine. 
why don't we just simply accept this? It blows me away. If you haven't gotten the vaccine by now, it's not because you don't know about it. If you haven't gotten the vaccine by now, it's because you don't want it. And you know what? That's okay. It's perfectly okay if you don't want to get the vaccine. And if you wanted to get the vaccine and got the vaccine, good for you. What is it that something happened in the last year and a half in this country? When when this coronavirus hit our shores, something happened and I can't I can't describe exactly why, but something weird happened here. And, and you know what? I'm going to lay it all out for you in just a second. Hang on. Truth. Attitude. Jesse Kelly. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and we are having some fun today. Don't forget, we have BK, former Air Force PJ, former private military contract, a.k.a. mercenary BK, coming up in about 10 minutes He's going to be riffing foreign policy stuff and who knows what else. It's not like I think about these things ahead of time, but the dude is boned up on overseas issues. He has a podcast called World News with BK. You know how my show is family friendly? His show, not so much. So keep that in mind. But yeah, you're going to enjoy this one now. Something happened to our society with coronavirus. We started looking at everything. Now, the left has done this for a long time, but I noticed this start creeping into the right. We started looking at everything as a collective. And it's very, very weird to me how we became collectivist. Uh, uh, Everyone should stay home. Well, Well, if you're worried, why don't you just stay home? No, everyone has to. Wait, what? I I don't have to. I'm not worried about it. You have to stay home. Everyone should. The mask. The mask thing. It's endless. You still run into it today. Wear a mask. You have a mask on. I I don't I don't want to wear a mask. I'm not wearing a mask. Everyone has to or you're selfish. Well, wait a minute. If you're worried about it, you wear the mask. It's it's fine. I don't care if you wear a mask. I mean, I can I can Kind of give someone the side eye and snicker if you're riding around the car by yourself with a mask on. But I, I, I'm certainly not going to say anything to you. I'm not going to be the guy going around, take your mask off, sheep. Wear, wear your mask. Don't wear your mask. I don't care. No, everyone has to. And the vaccine? The vaccine? Joe Biden? This is such, this is such a jaw-dropping thing to say. I, I just I can't get over it. A special focus on five ways to make gains in getting those of you who are unvaccinated vaccinated. Because here's the deal. We are continuing to wind down the mass vaccination sites that did so much in the spring to rapidly vaccinate those eager to get their first shot and their second shot, for that matter, if they need the second. Now we need to go to community by community, neighborhood by neighborhood, and oftentimes door to door, literally knocking on doors to get help to the remaining people protected from the virus. Why is this so weird now? If you want to get the vaccine, if you've read up on it and you've studied it and you think it's been tested enough and whatnot, 
go get the vaccine. I promise you won't have to walk 50 feet without being bludgeoned by a sign about where you can get the vaccine. Why does everyone have to get the vaccine? I I don't want to get a vaccine. I've told you this before. I never, I would never tell you what to do with your body. And I'm not one of these anti-vaccine people. You know, my kids got their shots and whatnot. Then I don't care if you are an anti-vaccine person. It's just not an issue I feel strongly enough about to ever argue. And people get passionate about it. But I don't want a vaccine. I don't have very complicated reasons for this. They're quite simple. I have a year and a half of data that shows I'm not at risk for serious you know, complications if I get coronavirus. I'm 39 years old. I have no pre-existing lung conditions. I'm not obese. Therefore, if I do get COVID and I get symptoms from it, I'm going to go home and I'm going to lay down and I'm going to uh, read the newspaper for a couple of days and then I'm going to get up and I'm going to come back to work as soon as I feel better. That's what I'm going to do. That's number one. Number two, people say, oh, you should trust it. It's been checked or you shouldn't trust it. I'm not going down that road. I'm not. I've had several close doctor friends of mine say, oh, yeah, it's been tested enough. It's on the up and up. And I've had doctor friends of mine who said, I'm not taking it. You do what you want. So I don't know what to believe. Here's what I do believe, though. I do believe everybody's lying to me all the time. I don't trust anyone. And after the last four years, think about this. Think about four years. Just just take in all the lies you were told for just the last four or five years. I'm supposed to trust you now? I don't trust anybody. And if I'm going to do this thing where I put a vaccine into my body that I don't know about, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that on the advice of someone I trust. The trouble is you've lied through your teeth about everything from Russian collusion to Brett Kavanaugh was a serial alcoholic gang rapist. Don't ask me to trust you now. And you know what makes me trust you less? And this is what the communists will never understand. Right when coronavirus was coming out and it was hitting our shores, and it, because it is a deadly virus and people are trying to figure out how to deal with it and what do we do? Right when it was coming out, the system decided you weren't allowed to use any of the existing medications. If you even suggested using any of the existing medications, they would ban you from social media. You weren't allowed to talk about it. If you were a doctor, and there were several doctors who came out and said, okay, uh, coronavirus, not good, but locking down Maybe the worst thing we could possibly do. We need to keep moving, get plenty of sunshine and exercise. Let's treat this as we go along. We're actually doing things that are killing. More. Now, I don't even know that that was, I don't know that anything was right. I just came from the lockdowns from an economic standpoint. But medically, maybe those doctors are right. Those doctors were all banned from social media. They weren't even allowed to talk. Understand something, communists. The more you silence somebody, the less I trust what you have to say. It's why I don't get offended. I never get offended. Chris could tell you. Because, again, all your emails, jesse at jessekellyshow.com, they all go to him first, and he prints them all off. 
and the love and the hate and the death threats and and you're a monster and you're a Nazi and I'll kill you and and, and I disagree on that. It doesn't bother me even one little bit because I'm secure in what I believe. If you're not secure in what you believe and if you're lying, that's when you try to silence everybody else. That's when you try to silence everyone else. As I said, and I've said this several times, I'm a free speech absolutist. I want ISIS to have their Twitter page back. I want uh, Louis Farrakhan, the fake, the, the KKK, Hamas, you name it. Let them all speak. I'm not so intimidated by what they say that I'm worried about them speaking. I want monsters to have the freedom to speak so everyone can see that they're monsters. But when you say, you know what? Louis Farrakhan, he's that guy that calls the Jews termites and all that stuff. Louis Farrakhan, you're not allowed to speak anymore. You know what it tells me? And I know the guy's a monster. You know what it tells me? I wonder if he's saying something I should listen to. We're going to talk to BK about world affairs. Hang on for this one. Oh, gosh. Turn that off, Chris. It's like an assault on my eardrums. I guess that means BK is joining us again. Joining me now, my friend, former Air Force PJ, former PMC, current host of World News with BK. BK, what is is with you in this rage music where people just bang on the instruments? What even is that? Jesse, you don't know what good music is. This Ugh. is the music that I get fired up to. I'm in the gym, Jesse. Ugh. I've got my headphones in. I'm playing it. I'm getting jacked. The ab veins, Jesse, oh, are pop- popping out of my body. The uh, 19-inch pythons? Come on, brother. Oh, gosh. You know what? We're, we're moving on. BK, uh, you were in Afghanistan. I never was. Yes. Never stepped foot in the place by the grace of God. Obviously, we're looking at all the pictures now of all the all the equipment, all the stuff we left behind. But we just packed up Bagram very lightly, apparently, and took off. You were there, man. You saw it. What say you? I think it's a long time overdue. Uh, it was not a shock to me at all. As soon as like like you know you know thirty seconds after the Americans left, those dudes were streaming in with some bolt cutters and started ripping mm-hmm. out wire and anything that they could sell. Uh, for money. Uh, Jesse, as you know, I've pushed for a long time. I said Afghanistan was moronic at least a decade ago publicly. It was never going to be a winnable situation. The Taliban controls more territory now than they had before 20, uh, 2001. And uh, as I predicted a few months ago, I would not be surprised, Jesse, in the next uh, few weeks to months if we have to evacuate our diplomatic mission there. Now, we're, of course, going to have a few troops stationed there, as we always do. The Marine Security Guard Detachment is going to be guarding the embassy along with several others. They're not going to be a match for thousands and thousands of Taliban troops with mortars, heavy equipment. Now the Taliban has night vision, optical devices, secure secure comms, all the stuff that we gave to our allies, big air quotes here, who promptly would walk off these bases without a shot being fired, Jesse, and the Taliban goes in and immediately seizes all this gear. And now they're just taking over post after post, and they're marching steadily towards Kabul. Again, I look for us probably sooner than later to have to evacuate that diplomatic mission. 
Okay, BK, this is a tough question to ask, but I'm just going to go out on and say it. If the Taliban now control more territory than they have, what were we doing for 20 years? You know, we were trying to nation build. It's the it was the downfall of our entire mission there. I mean, I, it, it, if you you could make an argument, I suppose that maybe we could have stayed until we killed bin Laden. That seemed to be the entire point. You could make another argument that as soon as we toppled the government and installed the uh, de- supposedly democratic Northern Alliance and the new regime there, that we could have left after that. But we didn't. We stayed there for years and years after bin Laden was gone, trying to nation build, trying to build up an air force of some sort, trying to build up a modern military, install a professional military attitude, install a democracy, a real democracy. And we keep doing these things and failing over and over again because nobody wants to accept that they they don't have that culture there. They have a culture of tribes and militia. They've had that for thousands of years. And the uh, hubris, Jesse, that the United States has, think we're going to go into this country and wave the flag and say, hey, be like us, and they were just going to be it, was always arrogant on our part. It was arrogant on the State Department's part. It was never going to happen. It was a foolish endeavor even a decade ago. It was even more foolish now. BK, who's responsible for that disaster? I understand that's probably a long, long list. Are there names we can point out? Because, like, I understand nobody's going to be held to account for it. No general, no politician, no Defense Department. I understand that. But when I think about the lives brave men gave over there and women and the the bodies mangled, and I think about these people walking away from this disaster scot-free, it makes my blood boil. Whose problem? Yeah, and by the way, speaking he, with World News with BK's host, BK himself. BK, go ahead. Uh, well, you know, it, to me, it always starts at the top. Uh, you know, it's, whether it was George Bush, whether it was Barack Obama, whether it was Donald Trump, it, it starts at the top. They were convinced by these generals that, no, no, just give us a little more time and we can change it. And you can blame the generals all you want. And sure, there's some blame. But at the end, the buck stops at the president's desk. Donald Trump came to office saying he wanted to get us out, right? He never did. He talked a big game. He got scared off by the military-industrial complex on doing what was probably necessary to do. And at the end of the day, he didn't do it. So love Biden all you want or hate Biden all you want. Hey, he said he was going to do it, and he's actually following through on his promise. And believe me, he is getting major pushback from a lot of people who have a lot of ties to these defense industry contracts. The defense, the military-industrial uh, complex, Jesse, is a real thing, as we both know. And already I see on social media all the time, the usual suspects are all screaming at Biden, you must reverse this. This is going to be a disaster. Hey, you know what? The people of Afghanistan are the ones ultimately who have to decide what country they want. And if it's going to be a Taliban country, I guess it's going to be a Taliban country. And there's nothing we can do to stop that. BK, how powerful are the Taliban there? I understand they're the most powerful fighting force there, but are they power powerful enough to take over the whole thing? Because that's quite a statement. Not many countries are powerful enough to take over the whole place. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to watch because as we saw after Russia decided they had had enough, and, and you know, they decided they had enough after, what, eight or nine years? Yep. We, 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 did, we decided after 20, so who's the dummy there? But... After Russia decided they had enough, the country quickly descended back into its traditional uh, militia uh, kind of national attitude. And we're seeing that now because a lot of these militias, these tribes, 
they don't like the Taliban really, and they're tired of being told by the Taliban what they can and can't do. So now you have this sporadic rise of militias who are fighting back individually. But as far as being a match for the Taliban, again, with all this modern firepower that they got third hand from us, I can't see them being able to uh, stand up against the Taliban themselves. Again, Jesse, we're talking night vision, optical devices. We're talking secure comms. We're talking modern oh. fighting techniques. And they already had very good modern fighting techniques. Uh, you know, they were very effective using just belt feds, AKs, and RPGs. God knows how they're going to be effective with all those modern devices I described earlier. BK, what does Vladimir Putin want? Vladimir Putin, I think he's an interesting fellow. He wants to be a great man. You know, he's got that great man syndrome. That's why he's always putting out these propaganda videos of him, like, you know, lifting, <laughs> lifting weights, yes. riding, riding bears, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. All, all, thing, all things that I think are pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. But, uh, you know, he's also an autocratic figure. They don't have freedom of speech in Russia, just like every other autocratic figure, and they don't have it. And he'll throw you in the dungeon just as quickly as any other autocratic guy. And I think I, I think I look at Vladimir Putin. I think he believes himself to be a singular figure in Russian history. I think what he wants is to bring Russia back to the world stage after the collapse of the Soviet Union rendered it pretty much a wasteland. And uh, they had all kinds of demographic problems. They had all kinds of uh, social problems, especially with alcohol. Their life expectancy was one of the lowest in what we call the developed world. And I think Vladimir Putin sees himself at the vanguard of trying to push this Russia on the world stage and have Russia be a fierce country, a force to be reckoned with. That's my opinion on Vladimir Putin. Okay, the life expectancy thing is that something people don't talk about very much, and I've always been fascinated with. We've only got about a minute left here. Is it just the booze? Why aren't, why aren't they living very long over there? Uh, you know what? I think, I, think it's, I think it's a couple of things. I think it's the booze. And I also think Russia, you know, we, we have all seen the social media posts of look at this effing Russian and those kinds of guys on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And it's like crazy out there. They're riding around in cars and hitting each other and like, you know, shooting, uh, dropping grenades out the window on busy city streets. <laughs> and they have like, they have those, they have those, they have those gang, they have those fist fights in the forest. They like to get in gangs and just rush at each other and beat the hell out of each other. And, you know, it's not really much of a surprise. They have like pet grizzly bears over there and, you know, it, it's, uh, it backfires occasionally. So I, they're just like crazy dudes over there and they don't, uh, you know, they live hard. The hard living people with a hard history and they're tough people. And that is why I think it's a combination of all those factors. And I can't be mad at it, Jesse, again, as someone who preaches that lifestyle of being jacked oh, and gosh. having rippling, oh, rippling gosh. ab veins, Jesse, I'm for all of that. So oh. let's get it on. All right. He's the host of World News with BK. I'd highly recommend it. Thank you, my brother. Thanks, Jesse. Oh, man. All right. We have to get to the gun violence thing they've been talking about. You're, you're seeing, you're going you're to see the system push, some, push something else towards you, to you, really hard right now. The system is pushing it really hard. I'm going to tell you why. But first and foremost, are you mad about how the system is canceling people? about how they're going after patriots? Do you feel like your voice has been crushed maybe a little too much? You and I have to be more purposeful with where we spend and don't spend our money. I mean, I'm talking to you right now about my pillow specifically. I'm talking to you about the Giza Dreams sheets, the world's best cotton, and the fact you can right now get them 
two for one low price plus free shipping with the promo code Jesse. But more than that, more than that, I'm talking about supporting a patriotic company. Are you tired of every company out there dumping on this country every single chance they get? Then why not support my pillow? The one company out there that's been the vanguard standing for what you and I believe in. Go to mypillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, get two for one low price and free shipping with the promo code Jesse. Go get some Giza Dream Sheets and support a company that's actually proud of this country. MyPillow.com. Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. <laughs> it is the Jesse Kelly Show. It is not a mature show. Not a mature show by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, We're going to get to China's message about July 4th and why it's very, very similar to the media's message about July 4th. We're going to get to this gun tweet here in just a moment. But first and foremost, I should probably inform you of what I was laughing about during the break because nobody likes to be on the outside looking in on an inside joke thing this this weekend. There's something called CPAC. Lots of you will know exactly what I'm talking about. In case you don't, once every two or three years, I think, I don't know how often they have it. Once every two or three years, there is this gigantic conference that for everybody on the right, for everyone on the right, it is every, every radio guy, TV guy, everybody with the magazine pundits, uh, 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 just people who are want to come see speeches. They all flock to this thing. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people. They've asked me to come speak on Saturday. Obviously, they're really excited to have me. What, Chris? No, in all seriousness, they asked me to come speak on Saturday. Chris and I were brainstorming, what can we do that would be absolutely obnoxious at CPAC? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get a bunch of pictures of myself printed out. And I'm going to autograph them. And I'm going to walk around handing out autograph pictures of me to people who don't even ask for them. You know, <laughs> hey, hey, it's Jesse Kelly. I'm glad you got to meet me here. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the gun tweet before we get to China and the Washington Post and everything else. You'll see some version of this floating around all over the internet right now. And when I say you'll see some version of it, understand something. When you take on the communists, as you will do, as you have to do, when you take on the communists, you're taking on a hive mind. You're taking on one mind. They do everything as a collective. Remember, that's why I've tried to tell you about the different communist street groups and tried to convince you stop being fooled by Black Lives Matter and feminists and climate change. And It's all the same group. It's all one group. There's a reason they all support each other. It's all about communism. It's all about cultural Marxism. That's all they care about, the destruction of America. So I have seen, I mean, gosh, I bet I've seen 20 different versions of what I'm about to read you from so many different places. Wolf Blitzer had one, CNN, that CNN guy. This guy is some big shot with the Democrats named Andrew Weinstein. This is what he said. 
At least 150 people were killed in more than 400 shootings during the 4th of July weekend. But you probably didn't hear about any of them because gun violence is an everyday occurrence in America. It's long past time we did something about that. Just go ahead and look up. uh, You know what? Do me a favor. Unless you're in a place where you can't do this safely. If you're driving or something, don't do it. It's not that important. Go do uh, a search on Twitter for the word gun violence. And look how many communists you see spreading that communist propaganda out there. I want you to take a look at that for a reason because I want you to understand something. They're better at politics than we are. What do I mean by that? Well, they understand to have power, you have to take ground. You can, I want to conserve. You can do that all day long. You cannot defend your way into power. You want power, real power, power like the left has? They're educating your kids. They're making your movies. They're they're leading your sports teams. They run your FBI. That's real power. You think they care that much about the midterm elections or the next presidential election? They own every cultural institution because they're better at this than we are. Because they understand offense. They understand taking ground. What am I talking about? What does that mean? What does that have to do with some stupid gun violence tweet? People on the right will read that gun violence tweet. And they will rage, understandably and justifiably, and say, what? Uh, Virtually all of those shootings were in Democrat-run cities where they have strict gun laws. What are you talking about? That's a lie. You're misleading people. What You can't say that. And you're right. Look, you're right. I'm not saying you're wrong. You're right. The communist is so committed to winning, he will take things that make him look bad and simply pretend they make you look bad. He'll take his own failures and use it against his opponent to take even more ground. Is that audacious? Yep. Is it gross? Do you need a shower now even thinking about that? Probably. They're winning and you're losing. They're winning and you're losing. Me too. I'm losing too. They're winning, and you and I are losing. Under, we have to be adults. We have to accept that before we can decide where we're going next. Now, what does that mean for us? What does it mean for you? What does it mean for me? They have a playbook of how to win, and it's working. Well, it means you and I are going to have to make some adjustments, aren't we? What are those adjustments? Talk about it in a sec. Jesse Kelly show and we are having a good time today. We have to make an adjustment. You and I, I was just talking last segment in case you missed it. 
about how you're seeing a bunch of people, Wolf, Blitzer, all these Democrats saying this gun violence over July 4th weekend, the look at these totals, dozens and dozens shot. I think I think 100 were shot in Chicago alone. I know there were two dozen in Chicago. It's it's yeah, it's bad. And so what they're saying is 100 shot in America. How long will this gun violence go on? This is gun violence and people on the right are understandably saying, "What what? Wait, what?" These are all in Democrat cities. All these shootings are in Democrat cities with strict gun laws. What I'm telling you is the communist has taken over all your uh, all your cultural institutions. He's done this because he's unmoored by rules. He's unmoored by the things that hold you back. He will take things that look terrible for him and act like it looks terrible for you. Or he will take something that looks terrible for him and he'll celebrate it and act like the opposite is true. So what does that mean? I mean, what do we do with that? How do we unpack that? In the future. And the future is now. I just made up that line. I didn't hear it in a movie or anything. What, Chris? The future is now by Jesse Kelly. You and I are going to have to adjust how we conduct ourselves and what we say is moral and what we say is immoral. You said you wanted to know how to get Capone. Do you really want to get him? You see what I'm saying? What are you prepared to do? Everything within the law. And then what are you prepared to do? If you open the ball on these people, Mr. Nash, you must be prepared to go all the way. Because they won't give up the fight until one of you is dead. I want to get Capone. I don't know how to get him. You want to get Capone? Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. That's, of course, from the great movie Untouchables. No, don't send anybody to to the morgue, please, or the hospital. Don't pull any knives or guns. You and I are going to have to start adjusting what we deem acceptable. What we deem morally acceptable when it comes to this political fight. And before we go down that road, let's just understand what the stakes of the game are here. You understand the a 10-year-old drag queen danced on Good Morning America and the hosts clapped, right? You understand what your country's going to look like if these anti-American savages finish taking full power? You understand it. I, I, I hope you have stepped back and fully grasped exactly how horrible and miserable and deadly this country will be. You don't have to look. You don't have to wonder. Go look at other communist countries from the past and today. That's what your country will look like. Do you want to look like the Soviet Union with gulags and people dying? Do you want to look like communist China? You want to look like Cambodia, Venezuela today? People dying, dying, misery, misery everywhere. Is that what you want? If the answer to that question is no, then what you're going to have to do is win. And in order to win against somebody who is unmoored by rules, that means you're going to have to bend what you deem acceptable and not acceptable. That's a fact. Are you comfortable protesting in front of somebody's restaurant so customers can't come in? 
Maybe somebody who went after one of yours? Are you, are you comfortable doing that? I'm not. I'll tell you right now, I'm not. I should be. I should be. They, without hesitation, without hesitation, will destroy your life and your business because they're not, they're, not, they're not held down by any belief system other than communism. It's their God. It's their religion. We cannot beat people like that by being half committed or by being committed only up to the point where it gets a little bit uncomfortable. Oh, don't, don't call them names. I don't like that. Oh, we can't, we can't ban critical race theory. That makes it seem like we don't, it seems like we don't like freedom. We don't want to ban stuff. Oh, not only should you ban it, you should ban it. And then run for school board, whether you know anything about school or not. Run for school board, win, and make sure your school teaches patriotic curriculum. Don't don't ban what they talk about. Go demand people learn what you believe. That's what offense looks like. That's what offense looks like. The next time they demand you tear down a statue, uh, tear down these statues. Uh, Thomas Jefferson has to go. Or, or if it's the Confederate generals, they love to use those as scapego- scapegoats. Robert E. Lee, get rid of him. The next time they demand you tear down a statue of Robert E. Lee, you go build 10 of them. You cannot win playing defense. You cannot do it. We can't do it. You are going to have to become more of an activist than you have ever been before. And so am I. I talked to you just a minute ago about my pillow. I wasn't just saying that. Those big box stores, they ran my pillow out of the store because Mike Lindell had opinions about an election that most Americans agree with and made the big box stores uncomfortable. So how purposeful are you going to be? You need some sheets, pajamas? Pillows? Are you going to go shopping around to the big box stores or are you going to go to the guy who actually tries for you? Exactly. Promo code Jesse, by the way, save yourself a pile of money when you get there. But seriously, it goes way beyond even my pillow. What are you going to watch? What are you going to sit down and watch with your kids? What are you not going to watch? How much NFL did you watch this year? You don't have to tell me. I'm not going to judge you. And I bring this up because I am the biggest NFL fan in the world. I have told you before, I I was an NFL freak most of my life. And then when I got out of the Marine Corps, when I was living by myself, which was so nice. But anyway, no, I'm just kidding. Before I met my wife and I'm living by myself, got an apartment. I would knock off work on Friday, get all my stuff done. I had to get done on Saturday. And then I would actually make a grocery run Saturday night to stock up on everything I was going to eat and drink on Sunday. And I would wake up, because I'm a bit of a loner, I would wake up by myself and sit by myself all day long in my apartment eating my world-class cheeseburgers and drinking beer and chips and everything else all day for eight, nine hours a day. Just football until I can't even move. Every Sunday without hesitation. You know how much NFL I watched last year? None. Why? Well, I remember what those scumbags were doing at the beginning of the year. 
crapping all over my flag. America's racist. America sucks. Bunch of spoiled, rotten millionaires. You know what I saw on the right when they were doing that at the beginning of the season? You know what I saw? I am done with the NFL. I won't stand for it. I'm done. We're, we're done. I'm burning my jersey. I can't. I won't do this anymore. I am done. That was week one. By week two, you know what I saw? Did you see that pass from Drew Brees? Wow. That was so great. Oh, man, that's the best Super Bowl ever. And I'm not indicting everybody, and I'm not indicting you if you watch. Look, we have to have pastimes, right? But we've got to do better than that. These scumbags who run these corporations, sports included, they're making business decisions all the time when they dump on this company. And what those business decisions, you know why you're always on the losing end of them? Because they think you're a sucker who won't do anything about it. Are you a sucker? Do you like to get treated like a sucker? I don't. I don't. And no, I'm not going to make that a Kamala Harris joke. What I am going to do right now is talk to you about finances. I am not one of these radical guys when it comes to finance. Uh, Sell all your stock and buy a bunch of kites. Invest in kite stock. Uh, No. All I've ever said to you is this. History doesn't lie. Gold and silver has had value since, well, let's go with the dawn of time. How much gold and silver do you have? Please tell me you have some. And if you don't have any, or if you'd like some more, which you should, call Oxford Gold Group. And I'm not talking about paper. I'm talking about gold and silver you hold in your hands. That's what Oxford Gold Group will do for you. You need help. They will provide that help, and they have promised they will treat my listeners extra special. So when you call 833-995-GOLD, that's 833-995-GOLD, tell them Jesse told you to call. 833-995-GOLD, Oxford Gold Group. The talk radio revolution. Jesse Kelly. It is the Jesse Kelly show. And yeah, it's going to be fun tonight. All right. All right. All right. One last thing, because I brought this up earlier in the show. Before I get to China's message and the American media's message being the same, I, I just have to address this one more time. The article came out in Vice, vice.com. Reporters who survived the Capitol riot are still struggling. One, all all the supporters survived. All right. (laughs) Every one of them. Two, I didn't read this quote earlier. Once again, I'm putting myself in the shoes of me having this conversation with my dad, and it just cracks me up. There's a reporter. His name is Matt Laszlo. This is a direct quote. This is a direct quote. It's my office, the building I love the most in this beeping world. I used to call the Capitol my girlfriend. I've devoted 15 years of my beep beep life to that building, said Matt Laszlo, said freelance reporter Matt Laszlo, choking up. Setting aside how profoundly leftist, 
hackish you have to be to have a statement like that, setting aside how un-American it is to worship the Capitol building like that. Let's set all that aside. Dude, you're a man. You're a man. What, What are women in this country? I brought it up earlier, and I mean it. I understand why there's a fertility crisis in America. But you can't deny basic biology. What young lady reads a quote like that and says to herself, man, that is the guy I want to father my children. That is so embarrassing on simply, uh, politics aside, on a dude level, that is so embarrassing. And lastly, because I'm going to move on, I do want to get to this China thing here. Remember this, every single thing, every single thing they bring up about January 6th, all the Vice articles about the traumatized reporters, I have something else for you here, you're going to just, you'll be blown away by, there's a headline, Capitol Police, this is New York Times, to expand outside D.C. to track threats. Allow me to read that again, Capitol Police to expand outside of D.C. to track threats. The Capitol Police are going to be opening up field offices in U.S. states. Every single thing you see in response to January 6th has one purpose and one purpose in mind only. All the performative PTSD stuff, the Capitol offices, the people who were in the Capitol, some of whom are still sitting in federal prison, all of it has one purpose and one person alone, one purpose alone. And unless you understand this, you will never understand what's happening in this country. The purpose is to make you out to be the enemy of the state. So that will give them the freedom to use the force of government against their political opponents, against you. That is the entire point of everything you see from January 6th. They don't care that a bunch of doofuses wandered into the Capitol, guy with the antlers on his head. or anything. They don't care at all. What they do care about is this. Like all communists, they care that you exist. And even if you're allowed to exist, they care that you talk. And have a voice. When have communists ever stood up for that? The first thing communists do is censor. It drives these people crazy that you exist and they want the freedom to sick the FBI on you, the NSA on you simply for what you believe. Communism is not a political ideology. It is a religion of domination and destruction. And until you understand that's what we're facing, and until you understand that's what it is, you will never be on to be able to take these people on, ever. They don't care. Not only do they not care about the capital, remember this, they don't care about anything. Nothing. They, they don't have that feeling. Their, their loyalty is only to their God. They don't care about the latest mass shooting. They don't care about shootings in inner cities. They don't care about black people. They don't care about women. They don't care about gay people at all. 
And it's not, by the way, it's, I'm not saying that they hate black people or hate women or hate gay people. I'm, not, I'm saying they just genuinely don't care about them at all because there's nothing inside of them except for devotion to their God, their God, the God of destruction and domination. That's their only loyalty. That's what you're facing. That's what you're up against. And as long as I'm bringing it up, you're welcome to go do a Twitter search or a Facebook search or whatever your social media platform is if you prefer to do it. If you're looking for me on social media, by the way, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Jesse Kelly DC. I don't, I'm not, I don't post on Facebook much, although I guess I probably should anymore. But setting all that aside, go look at the right. Forget about the communists for a moment. Go look at the politicians and pundits on the right. And go look at what they were saying on January 6th as the left was busy building up this narrative that there is some massive armed violent coup getting ready to bring down America. How many people on the right went right along with that narrative? Oh, you're right. This is a dark day. Oh, I still remember them. I remember all the names. I remember sitting back and being horrified as I watched it all play out in front of me. And I could see what's coming. Why? Because I understand how communists think. I knew exactly what was happening. I knew what was happening in real time. You think any one of these scumbags on the left was actually worried that day? They were all sitting back in a private moment, toasting their soy milk, saying, Oh, oh, this is awesome. Think how much mileage we're going to get out of this. And every single time the right gets weak like that and goes along with the leftist message, they're able to move forward way faster than they ever were before because the right, especially the punditry on the right and the politicians, they're oftentimes the only thing holding anyone back. So when you lose them, when they all go along with the leftist narrative, just like they did with coronavirus, all of them, versus except for like five of us, when they go along with the leftist narrative, we're screwed. There's nothing we can do because there's no one left to defend you. There's nobody. There's no entity with any power or platform left to defend you. We have a serious guts problem on our side. We must fix it. Now we can get to China in the Washington Post. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. We've been having a good old time tonight. China in the American media, they use the same language all the time. Have you noticed that? Before I get to that, hang on a second. If you missed any part of the show, if you missed BK, the Afghanistan veteran, the Air Force PJ talking earlier about Afghanistan, he went on and on about it. If you missed me getting in trouble for trying to be nice because the dog might be dying or any other part of the show, you can catch the whole show. It's all part podcasted on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating, leave a review Talking about how handsome I am. Why? Because I think it's funny. Because it drives management insane and because I think it's funny. That's one. Two. 
My history podcast is up from this week. It is a story about the largest tank battle in history. You'll find it right there in that normal podcast feed. For now, we are going to be separating out the history podcast into its own separate feed that's forthcoming. There's a bunch of techno-babble stuff involved with that that I don't care about. And the good news is Chris is now running interference with management for me. And on all the techno stuff, because Chris and I have been doing this for a few years now, and he knows the last thing you want to do is approach me and be like, well, if you know the megahertz and the switchboard and the AP, I'm just saying, I don't know what you're talking about. So he's now running interference. Chris, is it coming? Is the other feed coming soon? It's coming soon. Is there a bunch of megahertz and stuff like that? Is that a word? What, Chris? Megahertz is a word people use or megabits. Megabits. Is that not a, you know what? Never mind. We're moving on to the stories of the day. Breitbart.com, two different headlines. Breitbart.com, China's July 4th message, America is selfish and racist. I'm not going to go into what China actually said. Just know that that's what they said. We're a selfish, racist country. Washington Post art art critic, this is newsbusters.org, slams Statue of Liberty, shrinking appeal. A symbol of hypocrisy. And you saw this over and over and over again. We read it all to you yesterday. Democrat Congresswoman Cori Bush, NPR, people dumping all over the America and the American flag saying America is a racist place, so on and so forth. Now, what you're tempted to do when you hear China say America is selfish and racist, what you're tempted to do is point out things like, oh, I don't know. You have Muslims in concentration camps as we speak. And they do. China has Muslims, the Uyghur Muslims, in concentration camps as we speak. We are getting few reports out of there because China is a bit rigid with how they control the news. But the reports we are getting with how those Muslims are being treated in those concentration camps, it's really bad. All right, it's really, really bad. I, I, no, I, for, we don't have reports of, you know, they're not marching them to the gas chamber. Like, that's what you think of. When I say concentration camp, you think yeah, Auschwitz, something awful like that. We don't have word of things like that, but we do, we do hear really, really, really bad things about what's happening there, especially the women and in the interrogations. It's really bad. So that's the tempting thing to do when you're on the right. Well, they're the ones who are racist. Understand this. What you need to take from it is this. Communist China and communist American media members, they're constantly using the same language. The Democratic Party uses the same language as the American media, who uses the same language as American professors, who uses the same language as Hollywood, American actors, who uses the same language as American athletes, who uses the same language as communist China. Now, why? Why do all of those entities use the exact same language? They want the same thing. That's what makes this hard to talk about. And we talk about it a lot on the show. I Obviously, it's something we have to tackle. It's hard to wrap your mind around the leaders of all your cultural institutions they think your country should be brought down a notch. They don't think your country's great. 
They think your country is an evil, racist place that should be taken down a peg or two. Frankly, they think China should be running the world. And these people lead our country. Who leads your cultural institutions is who decides the direction your nation is going. Yes, the president matters. And your politicians do matter, sadly. I have news for you. And this hurts. This hurts, but it is true. Your actors matter. Your musicians, they do matter. Your professional athletes with the celebrity status and the following they have, what they say matters a lot. The professor your child goes off to learn from at school, that communist teaching them about how bad America sucks, your professors matter a lot. All the leaders of our cultural institutions They all think America sucks. The head of the FBI, appointed by Donald Trump, I should point out, as much as this pains me, the head of the FBI, Christopher Wray, has testified repeatedly before Congress, repeatedly, that white supremacy is the greatest domestic terror threat. You've never met a white supremacist in your life. You've seen Antifa and Black Lives Matter murder people on camera before. Several. They've all decided to use the same language because they all feel the same way. They feel like this country, eh, kind of an evil place. And that's tough to accept, isn't it? Isn't that tough to accept? And they're always going to be selling you on the next emergency. Why are they always selling you on the next emergency? So they can acquire more and more power, giving them more and more ability to tear the place down that they hate. Um, uh, David, we heard from the governor of Washington this week talking about climate change as a permanent emergency. So my question is, how, how does the news media cover a permanent emergency? A permanent emergency? Why would they want a permanent emergency? I mean, it almost sounds like it almost sounds like they're excited about a permanent emergency. And I mean, you heard coronavirus. It's so serious, even though you don't really give it a second thought till you turn on the news. Coronavirus is so serious. They're going to start going door to door in more healthcare settings and respond to hotspots. The president will outline five areas his team is focused on to get more Americans vaccinated. One, uh, targeted community-by-community door-to-door outreach to get remaining Americans vaccinated by ensuring they have the information they need on how both safe and accessible the vaccine is. If you don't get the vaccine, you're going to die. It's so important You have to give all these people all the power in the world, and they're going to come knock on your door. Well, no, it's just to make sure you're safe. Why are you paranoid? Stop being paranoid. They're just going to knock on your door, and they just want to know. Look, have you been vaccinated? Uh, Could you show me your vaccine card, sir? I don't know why you're so paranoid about it. It's not like these people would ever take their political opponents and lock them up. When have communists ever done that? When have American communists ever done that? Oh, oh, that's right. The doofuses who wandered into the Capitol on January 6th, they're still rotting in federal prison. Most of them in solitary confinement. There are reports that they've been attacked by the guards. 
But don't you worry. Don't you worry. Just the midterm elections will solve all this. No, they won't. The problem we're running into is they're speaking the same language as China because they feel the same way about America that China does. That's the brutal reality of it. And until we get that, we'll never get anything else. Now, coming up next on our final segment, as you've probably figured out on this show, we do headlines I didn't get to. Every single day in order to prepare for the show, Chris sends me a long list of stories. I send him a list of ones I want to talk about. I generally get to about three of them because I tend to get distracted from time to time talking about me. Well, no more. Now I'm going to get to every one of the headlines I didn't get to in the last segment of the show. So we will churn and burn through that. I'll briefly recap why I got in so much trouble about the dog that's really sick, even though I didn't do anything wrong. I'll tell you all that coming up. Just a sec. Hang on. I've got an animal inside of me. Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. The Jesse Kelly Show. For those who missed it earlier, before I get to headlines I didn't get to, allow me to explain briefly. We have a dog. His name is Fred. No, I didn't name him. Young dog. He's not even a year old, I don't think. We got a dog because the boys wanted a dog, and boys should get a dog. Dog gets extremely sick today, coming out both ends. Wife has to race him to the emergency vet. Dog not doing well at all. I I don't have an update. So what I did, forward thinking, because I was trying to be nice, I sent the wife a text message saying, hey, you might want to reach out to the breeder where we got the dog and see when they have a new batch coming. And she writes back and said, okay, why? And I said, well, in case the dog dies, we can go get the boys another dog. And she was horrified. She said I had no soul and that I worried her sick and that people are blaming me. I don't understand what I did wrong. I was planning on getting the boys a new dog. Chris, could you maybe elaborate for me on what exactly from their perspective you think I did wrong? I understand you're the wrong person to ask. I just, I don't understand. I was trying to be nice. And every time I try to be nice, I end up saying something ruder than, than if I just stayed silent. This is why I just stay silent. All right. It's time for headlines I didn't get to. Dailywire.com. Biden administration expands tuition breaks for future teachers, removes GPA requirement to provide access to students of color. Oh, good. Dumber teachers. That's definitely what we need. We definitely need dumber teachers. That's That's been really what's missing in this country. Understand this. The communist is purposeful. They know this is going to result in dumber teachers. They know that. It's nothing to do with students of color. They don't care about black people. They know it's going to result in dumber teachers. That's the idea. The dumber the teacher, the easier it is to get your teacher to teach their students about how bad America sucks. The more students who are educated, 
in how bad America sucks, the easier it is for Democrats to keep getting elected. It's not more complicated than that at all. I mean, yes, it'll bring down the country eventually. You can't have a country full of people who hate the country. That just won't work. But this is all planned. Oh, well, you know what? Less tuition if you want to be a teacher. And, yeah, I don't even care about your grades. We'll let anyone teach the kids. Any sane person looks at that and says, wait, what? What? We should be raising standards for who teaches the kids. That's because you're sane and you're not a communist who believes in that religion of domination. Headline, Ukrainian's army, Ukrainian army's decision to make female soldiers march in high heels sparks backlash. I don't understand that it's a problem. They were marching in their uniform. Headline. Freebeacon.com. Biden relaxes COVID safeguards for migrants, cracks down on agents. Again, I don't want to sound like a broken record. There's a reason. There's a reason you would crack down on Border Patrol agents, and yet for the migrants coming here, oh, just come on through. They do this because they're trying to wreck the place. This is not accidental. They're trying to wreck the place and doing pretty well. ABC7Chicago.com. Chicago shootings. 100 shot, 18 fatally in weekend gun violence across the city. 100 people were shot in Chicago this weekend. I am not a sentimental person as we've established, but... How many poor people in these neighborhoods, how many law-abiding poor people in these neighborhoods grow up in America, in one of our great cities? I mean, if you don't like Chicago, you're crazy. Chicago's awesome. How many poor people grow up in a war zone? And think about what a war zone means. What am I talking about? What a war? I'm talking about six, seven-year-old kids Who've seen dead bodies. I'm talking about kids and women. They go to sleep every single night to the sound of gunshots. There are people all over Chicago who have to sleep on the floor at night because they're worried about getting shot by accident. One of the guys who got shot, one of them, 15-year-old boy. And I know what you're saying. Well, I mean, I've, he was probably in a gang. You're right. He probably was. But 15 years old in a gang? Man, I was a bad kid. When I was 15, I was drinking Mountain Dew and playing Mario Kart and shooting basketball with my buddies, going to play Frisbee golf. Maybe we'd leave a, a bag of flaming dog poop on a neighbor's porch and ring the doorbell or something like that. 15 years old. That is so far beyond politics or so far beyond anything that should be happening within the borders of the United States of America. And nothing ever changes at the top. And I know we're supposed to say this thing, and I don't necessarily disagree with it. Well, oh, forget them. They never change anything. You're right. I mean, you're right. They keep voting the same people, same city councilmen, same congressmen, same everything. You're right. Nothing ever changes. But that doesn't change the fact that tonight a six-year-old boy is going to bed in these neighborhoods and he might die tonight. 
That's terrible. We can do better. We should, right? All right. Well, on that less than happy note, that's all. Slow.